Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, April the 12th, almost halfway through, one day shy of Friday the 13th. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO. Dave, how are you doing today? I am doing absolutely fantastic. How are you doing there, Mr. Hedger? I'm doing excellent. You know, I love the days when you know you have a, you know we have a great show coming up. Um it's a gorgeous day here in Toronto. I'm uh, three days away from flying to San Francisco for Search Engine Strategy San Francisco 2010 and Connected Marketing Week, and I'm almost caught up on all the work i got to do ahead of time. So, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. How about you? I, you know what? I've got a beautiful day here. Um, I'm not going to, uh, to San Francisco, however, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good day to be alive, isn't it? Um, it is. So let's head in. You know what? We've, we've got a, a, a great but a fairly tight show here today. Um, as you we know, do. we've got great interviews let's coming up. up. Do you want to introduce our speakers? Yeah, please do. Oh, no. I was saying, do you want to? I guess you... you oh, I'd love to. I'd be happy to. interview, so I could leave that to you, so that people know what's coming at them, eh? Exactly. Later on, in that. about 10 minutes, I scored an interview with uh, with Robert Scoble. A really... You know, and you know the weird thing, Dave? What's that? I've not... I've not spoken with Robert Scoble ever before. First time I'd ever talked to the guy. And uh, a great conversation. Uh, pleasant, easy, informative, highly intelligent. He's a, he's a good guy to talk to. Excellent. Well, I look forward to, uh, to listening to the interview. And uh, as soon as that interview is done, it's about a 30-minute interview. That'll give us about 15 minutes towards the end of the show where um, I want to talk a little bit about the Google Verizon deal. We know a little bit more about it now. Um, I think, I think we have a good grasp on what's going on, and I, you know, it'd be good to talk to the audience about it after our, after our debate on net neutrality last week. I think it will be too. And and what I'm hating is is that this deal, it, it, it just takes a really really weird angle in, in what some of the newer news is, and and it because it makes everything blurry and gray, it's it's sidestepping just the key argument: do they have the right or do they not? And making it this muddy gray area where pro net neutrality people can't fully, you know, sort of take a side on on this deal because it's so muddy. Anti net neutrality people um, or anti net neutrality legislation uh, proponents can't take a clear stance. Just myself can't go. 
hey, this is what it is, because they're sidestepping the whole issue of do they have the right or do they not, and just just trying to make definitions that you can see coming up are irrelevant. Um, so Absolutely. I think we're going to have a really interesting conversation there about that. Absolutely. Okay, before we get to any of that, what do you see happening around us these days? Well, I, I'm going to start us off on, on sort of a humorous note, just something that I, I came across. And, uh, you know, we've all been students. Um, and I was over on SE Roundtable, and uh, webmasters are complaining, you know, the new Google image search. You know, they, they redesign yeah. more images, show up. There's, you know, there's a, a school in Australia complaining that when this new, I mean, it, it, you know, it, there are more search or, or more images showing up and, and, and more bandwidth being consumed. But their big complaint, um, and it's, it's on Google, is that it's over doubled, 130% increase in their bandwidth at this school, school of 1,200 students, because of this change, because these images are taking more bandwidth. And I found it just, just humorous, because we've all been students before, and, and, and you know, we can slack with the rest of them, um, that really they were, they were coming out um, and arguing or, or, or complaining to Google themselves um, on their web search area, how, how can we stop this? Maybe what they should be asking is, why are our students spending so much time on image search? <laughs> and what are they doing? I mean, to, to add a 130% increase in bandwidth from a redesign on your image search, I don't think the question should really be directed at Google there. Um, you know, it should maybe be more directed at, at, at trying to figure out what the students are looking at. Um, is there copyright infringement on these images that these students are using? And are they looking up stuff that maybe is inappropriate in a in an educational setting. So um, just, a, just a, a more I mean, a humorous note of this is the kind of, you know, we can, we can attack Google on certain things, and I'm, I'm sure there'll be points against them a little later in the show, but on this one, they've got to deal with a lot of weird stuff that really isn't theirs to deal with. And, uh, yeah, well, and in, indeed. An can, can you imagine anybody in our community complaining that their bandwidth has gone up because too many people are, like, you know, hitting their page or extracting images from their page or something? Or... Was the complaint from the school that like their libraries are using too much uh, too much bandwidth now? As the students, uh, I don't know, type Sheila into the into the uh, the query the query area at Google Images. Well, I mean, what I found really really curious about this thing was to have a hundred and thirty percent increase in bandwidth means that image search is such a huge percentage of what's going on on your network. I, 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 I just I can't even explain <laughs> or, or fathom what's created an environment. It's like these computers are used for nothing else to <laughs> create such a dramatic um, increase. And it may be positive for Google. Maybe people are looking, you know, doing more search because their interface is more conducive to, you know, showing more. And, you know, I, I do quite like it. Um, but, but still, for it to be such a, a disproportionate percentage of your bandwidth usage, I mean, that in and of itself. So I use Google Image Search. It has not, you know, the, the change has not added 130% to our bandwidth here because we look up work. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I mean, these are, these are students probably looking up odd things, and hopefully, they, you know, they, they've got their network, you know, with, with safe search. <laughs> you know, got, some, got some filters in place there. Anyways, on to... Uh, to different topics. Um, well, there's, I don't know, do, do you have anything you want to you touch on here, or I can just head into what I'm seeing going on over at, uh, um, in, in oh. general, from the search engines? Keep on going. Perfect. Um, I'm going to leave sort of the, the news for just a second and touch on, last week I had made a comment, it ended up being wrong, but we're still seeing it. My timing was off. But what is, is, is likely to happen, the, the warning that I had given, um, is looking to be, like, it's accurate. I was off probably by a week, but, but we'll see. I'm, I'm hesitant to, to make a guesstimate on time. Well, um, well, what did you say? Everything we are seeing right now, we're seeing some differences, um, just periodic five, ten-minute differences occurring. You know, where I'll get a call from one of my clients on the East Coast going, hey, can you search this? You know, I'm, I'm up at number four now. Um, you know, and that's like from page three. Um, and these odd anomalies that have really been going on for a good um, a good couple couple weeks now, and this is coming on the tail of where I'm seeing a lot of established sites, both ones that are clients of ours and ones that are you know outside of of our field of influence, but where I can see a lot of work being done, a lot of a lot of you know 
really proactive efforts being being taken um, for a variety of sites and then watching them stagnate for the last couple months where they're almost holding. Um, and again, this isn't just ones we're looking at. It's one or it's not just ones that we're working on. This is you know, sort, of, sort of a global thing. And I'm seeing sites that should be moving that aren't moving. And I, when I say they're not moving, they're not moving a position. Um, and they've been holding for, for a couple weeks. And then all of a sudden we're seeing, you know, I'm getting reports. Um, and I've only seen it once, but getting reports from different clients, huge jumps. And these are clients who know well enough to, you know, their, their settings are non-personalized at this point. Um, so there is some, uh, a fairly, fairly major shakeup coming from what I can gather uh, from the sites that have reported in that there's some significant moves. Um, is it does appear to be focused mainly on links. Now, I, I, you know, I haven't seen enough to, to totally conclude, and obviously when this, when this update does take place, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see. Um, but it does appear, from what I'm seeing, to be isolated on sites where aggressive um, link building has been done, um, but not just aggressive like in one minute, but where good steady link building has been done that may have been elevated. And the sites that are reporting in are ones that had a dramatic or, or a significant increase but less than 50% increase. So, you know, somewhere where, you know, they were getting, you know, let's say 10 links a month, not that's aggressive, but just to give a number, and where they're now getting somewhere between 12 and 14, right? So it's sort of the 20 to 40% increase. So um, for those who've been doing some fairly proactive link building over the last, you know, month to two months, um, coming up here in the next, uh, I would guess, we're probably looking at over the weekend this weekend, but I would have guessed that last week from, from what we were seeing. Um, but we can expect a, a fairly significant shuffle um, from our friends over at, uh, over at Google, and it looks like it's going to favor people who've been, who've been doing some proactive link building um, to their website. So um, that's, that's just good. Those, those who work hard should get rewarded. Well, well, those who work hard should get rewarded. I am going to be interested to see what it does and, and where I haven't get, gotten reports because, of course, everybody who's, who's telling me is looking up their primary phrases and their big phrases. This is the ones that they're monitoring. What I don't know and I'm really interested to watch is how does this impact long-tail phrases, and that I don't have any feedback on yet. And that's actually where I'm most interested is on large e-commerce sites. What happens there? Is, is this going to benefit the whole site? Or is it something that you know brands are still going to be getting a bit of a, an advantage over on the long tail front, um, and it's mainly going to help the the more generic, uh, the more generic phrases. So that only time can tell, but it's definitely going to be really, really interesting. Um, soon as it happens, of course, I'll be I'll be blogging about it. I'm sure we'll be talking about it on uh, on Webmaster Radio as well. So you know, this is this is this is one of those eras where I really wish, miss my old job at Stepforth, where. Uh, this is just after just after you'd left, um, and Scott Van Ack came on. Ross sort of shifted me over to like researcher writer, where my whole job all day long was to screw around with stuff, conduct experiments, um, document all the experiments that I'd conducted, and you know basically I, I'd show up to work like in a in a, in a white lab coat and, and nothing else, of course, and um, <laughs> really just screw around all day. And these are the days when I really miss that. Yeah, no, it, it is. Uh, it's been, uh, unfortunately for me, you know, and I'm I'm in kind of the same spot you're in now, where it's like I don't have time. The perk, of course, being when you're, you know, when you're able to watch a, a variety of sites, when you've got clients who are kind enough to call, you know, when you request, you know, there's a change. Oh, if you see that again, can you can you call me back again? I'm really interested in this, um, and it's it's. It's good that you can, at the same time, pull in data from a lot, a lot more sources than um, no, maybe no, we could. Dave, you know, in, SEO in, companies in, weren't in, quite what they were then. In your position, the the real perk is to watch the smile of delight come across your employee's face when you say, "Go research all day." They get well, so you know, happy. That, they get so bouncy. That is true. And I guess Ross had that same joy with you. Say what? And I guess Ross probably had that same moment of joy with you because I can't think of anything you would almost rather do than no, research. No, he was happy that I was out of his hair and not yelling all the time. That's that's you know that, that made him pretty happy. It's like oh good, had your shut up now. Um, okay, I am. I I hate to be the bearer of bad news. We have got a long and very very interesting interview coming up. You and I are going to want to touch on Google Verizon. I just know we are. Oh, yeah. um, so with your permission. Um, I'm going to take us uh, out to break here because we've got to pay some bills, but we've got to get this interview uh, in, um, and we need to prepare ourselves for a good uh, argument here in about half an hour. 
Okay, so friends, uh, you're listening to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. Uh, this is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Auto, Digital Audio, Always Media, and Dave Davies from Beanstalk <laughs> SEO. Stay tuned. We're coming back with a great interview with Robert Scoble after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Anyway, I ask. That's right, ma'am. Anyway, you ask. Let me get this straight. If I wanted your CEO to deliver my check while juggling flaming machetes on the back of an Asian elephant, all I have to do is ask? Correct. With in-demand affiliates, you can tell us exactly how you want your payouts, and we will deliver. God, uh, could you hold on for a second? Someone's at the door. Wow, you weren't kidding. We are in demand. You can be too. Sign up today at the letter ndemandaffiliates.com. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. State of Search, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the International Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Robert Scoville is one of a very rare breed. He's one of the surviving pioneers. Seemingly a self-made man, Robert Scoville has made himself into one of the best-known names in tech. Blogger, interviewer, early videographer, and one of the first Internet Age evangelists, Robert Scoville seems to be constantly reinventing his own career and along the way, reinventing the ways he's seen by the outside world. As a blogger, Robert Scoville helped define and popularize the blogging environment. His personal blog, Scobalizer, continues to rank among the most well-read blogs on the web. And uh, that blog was one of the stepping stones for Microsoft to change its public perception away from being the evil empire into, well, innovative underdog. Interestingly, he's also a staunch supporter of Apple Incorporated and its products. Now, one of his more notable achievements was the success of his two- or three-year lobby effort for RSS standardization. For the usefulness of your newsreaders and media feeders, you can thank, in large part, at any rate, Mr. Robert Scoble. Now, no one can create so much media without negative notice. Along the way, Robert Scoble has met with criticism for his verbosity as well as for the sheer number of tweets and blog posts he writes. There's even a Twitter measurement of quote-unquote too much noise known as a microscoble. Today, Robert Scoble continues to be an evangelist, tech executive, and tech gadfly. If there's something interesting happening in the technology world, chances are Scoble's there to cover it, or he very much wishes he was there covering it. We have him here today on Webmaster Radio. Robert Scoble, welcome to the network. Hey, it's great to be on. Let's it's uh, it's funny that uh, <laughs> I don't use RSS much anymore. I'm, I've switched most of my reading behavior to Twitter now. <laughs> oh, after you, after you went through, well, again, was that like a two or three year lobbying effort on your part to standardize well, RSS? It wasn't just me. It was uh, Dave Weiner and a whole group of people who wanted uh, an easier way to share information back and forth between uh, sites. And Twitter, in some way, is built on top of RSS. A lot of those sites that, that I read in, in Twitter are actually using RSS to get the headlines into Twitter. So, Well, is it harder today to, to get standardization in the, uh, in the industry than it was a few years ago, or is it easier today? Um, hmm. 
I, it's 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 I think the battle has moved on to location, and there it's absolutely difficult. Uh, I mean, if you think about all the ways we share inf uh, location information with different services that are really siloed right now. So, like, my, uh, my plane tri trips are in uh, TripIt, and it knows when I take off and where I, where I take off from, when I take off from, where I land, when I landed. Um, it, it, and I use a, a thing to see all the cops on the road called Trapster. It knows where I re <laughs> reported a cop, but it doesn't know anything about the airport I'm going to. And I, I use Foursquare to check in at restaurants and all sorts of different businesses. And it doesn't know anything about the other services. And on and on and on. I mean, I, I'm using, I don't know, 10 or 15 different services that know something about my location. And they don't share any data with each other. And part of that is... Um, the guys who own the base maps or the companies that own the base maps like Navtech have very weird uh, licensing rules and they don't know how to deal with all these new companies um, that want to build databases really on top and want to talk to each other through their database. And they, so they're blocking innovation in a lot of ways and we, we need a, a breakthrough in that industry. It feels a lot like for location, it feels a lot like 1989 or so. You know, before the web really came along, we had Prodigy and AOL and CompuServe and uh, BBSs, and none of these really shared data with each other in a great way. And then the web came along and, and totally changed that. Well, it's, it's interesting you should mention a time before the web. You and I are about the same age. You're 45, I'm 42, and I remember 46 a time... 46 now. <laughs> 46? It, it yeah. all goes so fast, eh? I know. Um... <laughs> You are one of the most public figures out there. I mean, if, if somebody really wants to know what restaurant Robert Scoble's in, they can find out. You've, you've posted it up there. Yeah. But you, you, you must remember a time before, before such public notoriety, before um, our lives were displayed online for anybody else. Do you ever miss the privacy? A couple times. One, when I walked through an exhibit hall. Um, I, wish I, could, <laughs> I wish I could just be a normal person at that point because, um, you know, PR people see me coming and and grab me, <laughs> and uh, so I don't. I usually don't go to exhibit halls anymore <laughs> for, because of that. Um, now you know it. It's interesting because the putting my phone number on online has brought me so much good things in life. You know, people call me up and invite me over for dinners, and even my friends. You know who forget my phone number know that they can go to google and search for it or go to facebook and search for it um it's it's brought me far more joy than uh, pain well over the course of your career and, and and your career stretches pretty much from the the earliest days of the commercial internet um, yeah I, I started this stuff in high school in 80 in the 1980s 83 well in this time you've worked in virtually every possible medium available over the internet You've written extensively, you've done audio, you've done video. And of all the mediums you've worked with, which has been the most rewarding personally and which has been the most rewarding professionally? Video, because uh, um, it lets me bring people into places that they wouldn't otherwise get access to. And how do I explain that? At, at Microsoft, you know, uh, there's not a company tour. There's no way to get hundreds of thousands of people inside the company and have them meet people or walk around the hallways and at, at Microsoft we just bought a $250 camera and started walking around the halls and talking with people and people really like that because they've always wanted to do a tour of a big company like that I see I see I mean I see the tourist buses arrive and they stop at the at the gate and they take pictures of themselves you know next to the Microsoft sign and then they and then they go to the company store and the and the um uh, museum, but they never are able to visit the labs or talk with the people. So the only way you can scalably do that is with video, and it's gotten me into a lot of cool places. Now, in your career, you've spent um, about half your time working with startups, and the other half of your time working with established firms like like Microsoft or NEC or, or with Rackspace, who you're working with now. Yep. Which atmosphere do you prefer, a startup atmosphere or the established corporation? Well, you know, I was thinking about this last week when, when I was meeting with a bunch of startups, and I'm looking for world-changing technology, 
And some, I, I, I like both for different reasons. You know, I, I visited the Bing mapping team on Friday, and they have a five petabyte trailer, basically. A, a, basically a truck trailer with a data center in, in it. And that's, that's the kind of expense. I mean, the, the mapping team has probably spent hundreds of millions of dollars building maps, you know, Bing maps. And it's not very few, very many companies. In fact, they joked about it. They said, you know, there's not many companies that can spend a billion dollars doing maps. You know, there's Apple, Google, Microsoft, MapQuest maybe, but I think MapQuest is struggling to keep up with this game, um, you know, and, and a few others. And not many companies can keep can fly airplanes over every piece of the earth and pay for satellite time and all that and, and have the data centers available to do the processing and so uh, you know the big companies are ex- interesting from that angle from the scale angle from the ability to do something really big with with a lot of dollars but you know most of the time the companies that are changing my world the most are little tiny startups with one or two guys or 10 like flipboard was 10 people when i first started seeing them now i think they're about 20 you know um facebook still has only 1200 people um, uh, Twitter, I think, has about 200 people now. So, it's the it's the startups that tend to do the more innovative work for a whole lot of reasons, and and that's why I I keep watching startups and and enjoy being around startups because they can change faster than a big company can. Now, the the startups um, are highly innovative, can move on a dime, but they rarely have the the resources that the larger companies do. And we actually saw this with Flipboard a couple of weeks ago, and um. You castigated yourself for a uh, a difficult first day for for Flipboard. What happened? Well, they planned on a certain number of people showing up, and twenty times that number showed up. Did you hate it when that happens? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, every startup dreams of having that happen. <laughs> but but this, you know, it, it, this, I mean, Twitter is still having it happen, right? Twitter still goes down every every couple of days. It seems like and. Uh, it's three year three years old now and or almost four years old and so it it's it's a it's a, it's interesting to watch a startup go through that when they have dinner than they probably planned on it now you've introduced new technologies to what hundreds of thousands perhaps hundreds of millions of people and you do so with an infectious smile on your face all the time um are you really that excited about new technologies Oh, absolutely. I, I was doing this when I wasn't getting paid, and if if you caught me at a you know a, a cocktail party or something, I'd be in the corner with a geek talking about what's going on. In fact, the Bing the Bing visit last Friday happened because I was sitting next to one of the licensing managers, and all we did was talk about mapping the whole time, and no camera was on or anything. That, that's just how I am. I I just love hearing about technology and and uh, hearing the stories of how it was built and. And um, and those are the kinds of people I enjoy talking with. Is there any emerging technologies right now that have you well more excited than usual? Ooh, um, I I don't I, I look at the world as a series of battlefronts or places where um, exciting stuff is happening. And certainly, mobile right now is is one of them. Uh, social networking continues to be interesting, but not because of the social network, but because of what's being built. On top of the social network, um, you know, it, it, you're seeing Facebook being used in all sorts of weird places. I, I met with a real estate aid, um, a, a company that's building a little toolbar for real estate companies where if you come in as a customer to a big uh, real estate firm like Coldwell Banker, it'll find you an agent based on the things you put in your Facebook preference. And that might not seem like a big idea, but it it's an example of how Facebook is is changing how the world deals with it and with each other. Now, it occurred to me the other day that Facebook is what AOL really badly wanted to be. Is uh, yeah, is Facebook overtaking the internet? Is it is it going to be as impactful or more impactful than it already uh, is? I, I'm sure that it, that it'll continue being being more impactful than it is today. But I'm I don't think it'll take over the web. Be- because it just there there's a lot of limitations to it that the regular web doesn't have and it doesn't focus on everything that the 
I mean, we're seeing internet technologies used in everything. I mean, from, you know, a, a pogo plug that's underneath my desk that lets me look at my files wherever I travel to the world to my Sonos player that lets me listen to music um, to, you know, to all sorts of stuff I, I, that, that Facebook never will touch. And um, so I, I, don't see fa- I don't see the web going away because of Facebook. Does Google's uh, dominance in the advertising world uh, get stunted a bit? I could see an argument for that. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty bored with Facebook. I'm, you know, it's such a walled garden that it's hard to get stuff out of there, uh, and share it with people, which is, you know, I, I met with a, a 16 year old kid the other day and he says, I live in the sharing generation. And, um, I thought that was an interesting comment that he looks at the world as, we share everything. We share music. We share movies. We share, you know, our thoughts. We share our pictures. Everything that we do, we share. And is Facebook really the best place to do that? It seems to be today, but I could see uh, other things coming along that that could make it um, seem like AOL did. Remember, in the 1980s, I thought AOL was going to take over the world too, and then the web came along, and AOL just became less and less relevant. Well, AOL was pretty sure they were going to take over the world, too. Um, the purchase of Time Warner was, was kind of a huge signal, and also a signal of how things can go south really fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have a fairly intimate look at a new social network in development stage, Building 43. How's that project coming? It's, it, we're rethinking it right now because I, I was hoping to build it into more of a community than just a stream of my video shows, and... Um, it that didn't develop for a whole lot of reasons. Partly because I was trying to compete with Twitter and Facebook myself, and um, we should have just uh, we should have just adopted those platforms more than we have. Uh, on the other hand, we continue getting into pretty crazy places, from Bing to Flipboard to you know sitting in the front row of Facebook's news conferences to going over to Google today and uh, so and going to Techstars last week where 11 companies came out and uh, most of them were really pretty interesting companies so okay so uh, more to come more to come <laughs> well this is a this is a good place to cut it off we have to uh, take a break here on on webmaster radio it's this is a long interview we have about 12 minutes left and I think it gets a lot more interesting from here. Friends, stay tuned. You're listening to Webcology and Webmaster Radio. We're speaking with Robert Scoble. Um, we'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-server solutions is admedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. From Fort Lauderdale, Florida, webmasterradio.fm. A service of new-gen broadcasting. We're everywhere. Hey, Joel Com here, and I want you to hear something. That's my ka button, and it's the universal sound of success. Sounds good, doesn't it? How would you like to hear that ka sound all the time? In my new book, ka How to Run an Online Business That Pays and Pays, I lay out a strategy and a plan for you to create your own online success. Get your copy today at ka and I'll give you a ka button for free. All the details are there at ka That's K-A-C-H-I-N-G book.com. 
Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics. So you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. The WordPress Community Podcast. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Okay, friends, we're back on Webcology for Thursday, August the 12th. We're going to continue our conversation with Robert Scoble and then jump into a quick discussion of the Verizon Google deal, but we don't got a lot of time, so Brasco, let's, let's roll the interview again. Do you still consider yourself an evangelist? Um, philosophically, I'm trying to grow the entire Internet, and so, yeah, I, I see myself as an evangelist for the Internet and try to... And I still, every time I sit next to somebody, I'm showing them new stuff. So I still love doing that. Is, uh, is product or business evangelism a potential career for, for younger geeks? Um, well, certainly companies like Google and Microsoft and Facebook need, need a certain amount of evangelists to try to get developed. And evangelist to Microsoft, Microsoft means somebody who works with developers to get them to see what's coming and to get them to build for that platform rather than somebody else's platform. And so, yeah, there's, uh, there's 1,200 evangelists at Microsoft, so somebody's making a career out of it. <laughs> if, um, <laughs> if you were to start your career today, so this, you know, you're just out of school, just getting into the tech world, yeah. would you have the same or better chance to achieve the successes you've achieved? Would it be harder? It's always hard. I mean, whenever you see somebody who has gotten something in life, you don't see the 30 years or, or time that they put into it. Um, I, I think it would be different. Uh, you know, um, today's world moves a lot faster than the 1980s world that I, that I got my start in. Um, but it's the same principles. So I would just keep working at building my network out. I, I mean, a lot of a lot of the things, a lot of the tap roots in in my career started in the 1980s, where I met like Steve Wisnack sitting in in uh, West Valley Community College, and nobody even came up to him. Right? He started Apple Computer, and he was just sitting there alone. And I I, I studied with him f- for many mornings, and very few students even knew who he was or walked up to him or asked him a question. And so I keep remembering that, uh, you know, always be interested in the people who are sitting next to you and try to figure out who they are. And I mean, that's how I got to Bing last Friday, right? I, I was sitting next to a guy on a plane. I was like, oh, you have a Windows 7 computer. You know, what do you do? <laughs> oh, I do licensing for, for Microsoft. Oh, that's why you have a Windows 7 computer. <laughs> <You know? laughs> And he's probably um, much happier for it, no doubt. Well, I actually had a pretty nice computer, but and I have a Windows Seven computer too. But you know, always be interested in the people around you. I mean, I remember coming home from my interviews at Microsoft. <laughs> Microsoft hired me, and I was sitting. I was sitting in the back row in uh, Alaska Air Jet. You know, so not not the rich seats. And I, I noticed the guy sitting next to me had had some geek toys I, I forget what he whether he was wearing a blackberry or, or whatnot and i'd start talking to him and it turned out he was the uh, vice president of engineering at at amazon and had been one of the top apple executives and um you know that that's how life goes and most people don't even care who they're sitting next to in a plane or don't even look for um you know a, a, a new way to build networks not just uh you know, not just friend networks, but business networks, or you know, your best your best new customer might be sitting right next to you, and you have no clue. So, curiosity and openness are two of the keywords of your success. Uh, absolutely, um, you know, and and now we have Facebook. You can 
I mean, you know, Facebook and Twitter, you can click on people and see their profiles and see who they are and add them to your network and uh, chat with them, you know, and send them great ideas. I, I remember I got invited to food camp at Tim O'Reilly, at O'Reilly Publishing because during the last downturn, I kept sending them ideas, you know, and, and kept sending them feedback about what I was seeing in the market. And, and, um, and we had some interesting conversations. And, you know, that, that's, where, uh, that's where your future career will come out of is, is working with other people. It's interesting you should mention the downturn. I'd, I'd meant to ask you, I, I know you, you dabble in economics, and I'd meant to ask you, where is this economy taking the tech world? Well, the, the tech world is actually one of the bright spots in the American economy. I mean, um, everybody I know is hiring in in the startup world. They all need engineers. If you had a if you have a computer science degree and you can code some Objective C, and you don't have a job, I I, I would wonder what you're doing wrong. I mean, I I could get you a job in ten seconds. If you if you had those skills, the problem is most of the American economy doesn't have those skills, and that that's something I hear over and over again that our colleges and our kids are not um, not interested in computer science. I mean, my own son doesn't want to go into computer science, and it I don't know how to change that. Um, well, one of you the know. ways you're trying to change it was a blog post that appeared in Scobalizer a couple of days ago, um, an impassioned blog post uh, critiquing the immigration system. Yeah, it's that's a good example. Is you know w one reason Silicon Valley is such a great place to live and and uh, has so many innovative people here is we we steal them from other company countries. <laughs> you know, so um, some of the best. I mean, my I married into an Iranian family and and her two uh, brothers are uh, engineers at tech companies. Uh, my mom was German. Um, and I, you walk around a shopping mall here, and you see it's a real mixing bowl of the world. Um, you know, but we're, we're starting to get this anti-immigration thing going, and um, I can understand that if you're living in some other place in the world, in the United States, and you see, you know, all these immigrants taking over your your uh, your uh, community, but they don't see that that you know these immigrants are one are hardworking doing. Either doing jobs you don't want to do. I I live right across the street from a field where I watch the farm workers work, and I don't want to do that job. That's that's a horrible job. And um, the other side of it is we import people like who I in interviewed, who get the top scores in their country, uh, get a free ride to MIT or Stanford or other places. You know, and get the world's best education, and then they have to fight to get a job. And it's like, what? You know, these people have the ideas and have the drive to create something new and hire potentially thousands of people, and we uh, we don't want them here. <laughs> we want them to go back to their home country. You know, where they're going to compete with us. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Okay, it's maddening. See, yeah, it is maddening. It's it's maddening on both angles because it's just it's, it's just bad belief, you know, in, in uh, people's head that leads them down that path. But it, it's sort of a an artifact of a bad economic time, and I I think this country is is going to continue having trouble competing on the world scale because our people just uh, are not studying the right things to compete in this new digital world. You know, up here in Toronto, we have a number of Chinese and East Indian Google engineers working for Google Canada who really, really, really should be your neighbors. Yeah. They very much want to work. Yeah. Uh, and, down uh, Mountain View, but they can't and get you guys, you guys get the advantage of all that tax, you know, all their taxes. And, all, you know, when somebody's making, I, I don't know, an engineer's making 100000 100, to $300,000 a year probably. You know, they hire, they cause ripple effects throughout your entire community. Um, I'm seeing that, you know, it's interesting that, that I work at Rackspace. They bought an old shopping mall that was boarded up in a, in a sort of bad part of town. And when I visited there, you could see it was, it was a, 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 a part of town that just wasn't doing well financially. And then, they, you know, Rackspace rebuilds the mall, puts 3,000 people there, and now all of a sudden there's restaurants that are more interesting. Um, 
you know, you can tell the the economy around the mall is coming back to life. And that's just with 3,000 people. And, you know, the policies we make um, attract those kinds of opportunities to our communities or they they push them away. And, yeah. Well, well something I watch. You know, I, I see it firsthand because I, I see all these start. I mean, Yelp had a couple hundred employees. Uh, uh, employees and Facebook has 1,200 employees all created in the last five years and Twitter is hiring like mad and even Google's still hiring pre- at a pretty good clip you know and, and uh, even Microsoft you can get a job there if you if you're smart so um, you- it, it's the small companies that really uh, transform communities and economies and we forget about that sometimes when uh, when you leave the office yeah, you you, you 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 travel very frequently, and when you leave the office, what's in your bag? A tablet, a smartphone, laptop, or all of the above? Um, well, at, last week I carried a, a Samsung Galaxy S Captivate and an iPhone four. I had my i iPad and I had a Mac uh, MacBook Pro, and I try to use the iPad more and more because of Flipboard. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, that's pretty much it, and then a whole bunch of batteries and power supplies and stuff okay. like that. So seriously, all of the above. Yeah, and my cam- Canon 5D. I mean, I love my Canon 5D Mark II. So okay. is uh, is Flipboard really going to change the? Is that is that the goal to change the uh, tenor of online media? Ooh, Flipboard's interesting because it's really something that we've seen before. It's a Twitter client, right? Or a fa- Twitter and Facebook client. So it's similar to Seismic or TweetDeck or, or uh, Tweety, which sold the Twitter. Uh, you know, but it applied beautiful design to it. And I just love using it to read. It's just a much nicer reading experience than looking at TweetDeck on a big screen all night long. Um, and I just sit around with the kids and, you know, in between playing with them, I'll flip through through pages. And it's just really entertaining to watch and read. And you click on a, on an article and it zooms up. And uh, if it has a video, I can play it right there. Or I, or I can click read on web. And it, it's already pre-cached, the web pages, so I can go go there. It's the, it's the experience of reading on the iPad and that's really changed. I assume that'll get copied. The the other thing that it does is it's the first Twitter reader that doesn't try to show you everything. It shows you, um, it picks articles for you to see based on retweets, based on whether they have uh, uh, content rather than just you know a statement, um, and it, it or whether it has a photo in it or a video, and it tries to present more of those kinds of uh, articles. And it, I find that. The, what it picks is very interesting, but even then, it still has too much noise for me. I, I see places where I see duplication noise. Um, I see places where uh, where it picked an article I, I'm not I'm not interested in, or I wonder why it picked it. And um, so they bought this company called Ellerdale Project, which tries to build algorithms that study uh, trends and not macro trends but micro trends like what what is the trend right now about uh, what's something in the news today um you know the hp scandal what what's the trend about the hp scandal what's the best article to pull out of the hundreds of articles to display on screen and uh i find that that'll be the really interesting part of it to watch um also advertising i i i'm very interested in where these guys take advertising because they have a, a sense of aesthetic, uh, of design aesthetic that's very um, appealing and engaging. And unlike other people who just try to put a crappy looking ad into the experience, it'll be interesting to see what they can do with with some of the advertisers who will want to do brand advertising that's more beautiful and more engaging. Okay, I've, I've, I've kept you on the line for a long time. I have one last question for you, and I, I ask this of, of everyone in your position, and I apologize for saving one of the more complicated ones for last, but... Oh, no problem. Net neutrality. Do you have a stand on it? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've argued 
about this with FCC commissioners and cable company executives and others. Um, I I think it's important to have an internet that has equal access to all to to the small little tiny company to people like me to the big company, and if we start tearing it out um, and start charging for better access, um, we're going to see innovation curtailed. And um, on the other hand, I can sort of understand the cable company's attitude, which is, hey, we're you know. Or AT&T's uh, attitude. We're paying a lot of money to put fiber in everywhere or put new bandwidth systems in everywhere. And we need to recoup that investment. And one, one way to recoup it is to charge you for access, sort of like the cable TV system does. And It's, um, it's a compelling argument, but I'd, I'd rather see us choose the other model where it's more flat and, and everybody gets the same internet Um or yeah. access to the same internet so that we can see smaller th- ideas take hold and, and get, you know, and get bigger. The pending uh, deal between Google and Verizon, where Google's going to be locating data centers close to uh, Verizon outposts, is that... Yeah, uh, by the way, there's a press conference going on right this moment, and uh, Google's uh, CEO said that the New York Times article was totally bullshit. So, Which uh, one? Robert Critchley wrote an article over the weekend saying that Google wasn't actually violating net neutrality, but it was coming awfully close. Well, except that all of our opinions were based on that New York Times article where they said that Google and Verizon were, were dealing with each other. So I... You know, I have to go and look at the press conference, but Danny Sullivan is, uh, on Twitter has been retweeting a lot of uh, what they've been talking about, and um, it it sounds like it's quite a different idea than uh, than what we thought about. So I think we need a an hour or two to <laughs> look at the facts again and and come back to a new uh, new opinion. This pro- part of the problem with media is uh, if somebody reports something false you start building your worldview around that and then all of a sudden you find out it's not not true and you have to tear down your worldview and and go back and look at the facts and and rebuild a new worldview well it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this news conference um this was i really appreciate this conversation uh robert thank you so much for spending time with us on webmaster radio um it's a pity we won't be seeing you next week in san francisco but um yeah, sorry about that. I, it turned out I had planned a whole trip around Seattle, uh, around the Gnomedex conference in Seattle, and I totally screwed up my calendar. So, sorry about that. I hope to have him back on the show. That was a fun conversation, friends. That was uh, Robert Scoble, Mister at Scobelizer, and he was supposed to be appearing at Connected Marketing Week next week in San Francisco. He's going to be taking part a part in. Click Z's blog, blog works on Monday, but um, double booked. He's going to be in Seattle at Gnome Dex instead. Uh, so we decided to use this interview for Webcology instead. And it was kind of cool the way we ended it off talking about the Verizon Google deal. Uh, the interview was recorded on Monday. Since then, more information has come to light. Uh, Dave, are you, are you with us still? Oh, I sure am, yeah. And, and looking forward to this conversation, kind of. Well, we have to go through it really quickly. Do you mind if I just really quickly read out a, a quick backgrounder I prepared so that the uh, the audience actually knows what we're talking about? By all means. Okay. Last week, a breathless and rather confusing story appeared in the New York Times stating that Google and Verizon were about to sign a deal which would, in effect, gut the spirit of net neutrality. Several web journalists, bloggers, and activists added their voices in virtually and unanimous condemnation of what we believed Google and Verizon were proposing. (coughs) Within 48 hours, both firms were denying the story as vigorously as the New York Times was defending it. Something potentially disruptive is clearly brewing between the web's most powerful publisher and a company that owns a significant portion of America's data delivery system, but we don't know what it is. So earlier this week, Google and Verizon held a joint, con- joint conference call news conference and released a joint statement outlining the scope of the framework of their agreement. This agreement was forged alongside an ongoing series of meetings regarding net neutrality convened by FCC Chairman Jules Janikowski earlier this year. 
Now, Dave, I, I, you're going to agree with me on this. The functioning of the Internet is at a crossroads with ever-increasing costs being borne by data delivery providers. And those, uh, those increasing costs match the ever-increasing file sizes that the, their fiber networks are delivering. Agreed. As with, the, as with the entertainment industry, revenue models for data delivery providers were thought out long before the evolution of the web. So the data delivery providers see a solution in charging extra for premium transmission. The web development community, however, sees the situation a little bit differently, and that's about where we are today. It is. It is. Um, and Google, uh, admittedly, in, in, in my hands, any of our, our listeners from last week will know where my sort of official stance is on this, and you and I differ um, in our stance, and I tend to defend um, the right of the telcos to charge. Now, what I am really, really disliking about the new sets of, of rules, you know, here's what we're doing, here's what we're doing, we're making it to mobile, we're not making it to wireless, this and that, um, is it seems to be muddying in this graying area when what you really want and, and what I would like um, is for the companies to stand up, say, here's what it is, here's what our rights are, this is our fiber, we have a right to do what we want with it. This is our wireless. You know, we paid to have this wireless connectivity. We paid to have this bandwidth. This is ours. We can do what we want with it. Rather than this kind of airy, fairy, it's not here where, you know, Google stands up. We're actually, you know, providing ad added protection, and some protection is better than none, and that's the only reason that we sort of sidestepped the issue and went against what we were saying back in 2007 when they had the hardline stance um, supporting net neutrality. Uh, I mean, I, I, my fundamental... The beliefs are still the same, but I really am having problems with the way this issue is being addressed right now, even even by Verizon, who traditionally I would tend to lean to kind of supporting their argument. I think nobody's 100% in either camp here, but kind of supporting well, their, their, their principles. Well, to move really quickly, we, we should point out that um, it seems the agreement that Verizon and Google are, are coming up with have to do a lot with mobile, with delivery of mobile content um, to uh, handheld devices, your BlackBerry, your iPhone, your, uh, your iPad, whatever develops into a mobile computing device two or three years from now. Right. Um, the agreement as it's, as, uh, well, as, as, as announced by Verizon and Google, and this is great, at, the, at their news conference, they basically stood behind all the basic tenants of net neutrality. They, they, they shouted them out and they said, yeah, this should apply to the internet, but we're going to be building something different. Right. <laughs> and that's what it seems to be. Um, uh, a, a new data delivery system, which net neutrality regulations and rules wouldn't necessarily apply to. That seems to be the crux of what Google and Verizon are proposing. It really does, and that's where I think I have biggest problems is that they're trying to sidestep it as an issue. They're trying to basically manipulate, you know, specific wordings of things to get exactly what they want. What they need to say is, we have a right to do this. Google needs to go, yeah, sorry, we said that before. The world has changed. You know, sorry, this was our stance in 2007. Yes, the environment was different. We've changed. The environment's changed. Here's where we are today. We need to do this to protect, um, you know, the, the way the Internet is functioning, if that is, in fact, their argument. And just call a spade a spade. Don't say we're protecting net neutrality, but, you know, these are new applications won't count. Well, they're all new applications. <laughs> you know, to say, yes, it's going to be health and put that on the list, great. None of us have a problem with 911 calls getting priority. I wouldn't have a problem with, you know, an application that connects me to my health care provider because i got a heart monitor and it's monitor. You know, whatever. We're all fine with that. But to, to take it past that... Just stand up, say what you're doing. Net neutrality, you're kind of opposing it, you're kind of wrecking it, but you're trying to say this is as far as we'll wreck it. Well, I, say, I, I, I think worse than that, that, they're not wrecking net neutrality. They're ignoring the whole concept by basically trashing the web itself. Right, if Google and Verizon come up with right. a new fast lane, who's going to throw energy into the slow old web? <gasps> And, and there you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. And again, I mean, I actually support their right to do it, but it's the way they're doing it that I think is causing me some problems and causing them such huge opposition is because the way they're doing it isn't right. Just stand up and say what you're doing. Don't try and sidestep the issue and pretend you're not doing what you're actually doing, and we all know you are. So, um, Okay. Hey, you know, Dave, the right tyranny of time. The tyranny of time is plunking us on the head. I want to keep this going, but we can't. We're out of I time. It I think we ought to do a whole...
yeah, we got to do a whole show about this. It won't be next week because next week we're going to be uh, broadcasting a lot of content from Search Engine Strategies, uh, San Francisco 2010, and Connected Marketing Week. Um, and so I guess maybe it'll be the week after next. But this is a conversation that has to happen. I'm down with you there, Dave. Just do what you say you're going to do and say what you're going to do before doing it. That's fair. Exactly. And, and don't be evil. Yeah, don't be evil. Hey, everyone, don't be evil. Remember that. Write it down somewhere. Put it in a safety deposit box like a time capsule. Remember the idealistic days, because these are the good old days. Anyway, on behalf of Dave Davies from Things Talk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm, which you can hear live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. You can also listen to it on iTunes Radio. You can download it from the... Um, iTunes anyway you can download it from your iPod from iTunes or from any other Pine Podcast distributor stay tuned friends affiliate marketing insiders coming up next and we have more great content coming up on the network <laughs>